Hello, this is Dr. Buddy Bell again with our podcast, Do You Need a Fill-Up? I have a great message for you today, how to close a door on strife and jealousy. If you would please open up your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I want to share with you a truth that I saw in the Word of God several years ago. Another truth that has helped me immensely in being able, being able to close the door on strife and jealousy. If you want a title for this teaching that we're going to hear tonight, I title it, How to Close the Door on Strife and Jealousy in the Local Church. I'm amazed how many people are controlled by strife and jealousy in the local church. This is why we have a lot, of the, a lot of problems and people being able to work together, being able to serve together in the church. Uh, strife and jealousy seems to be there between them. Now, let me explain something. This is not a teaching on what strife and jealousy are. You don't need a teaching on what strife and jealousy are. You don't need Greek. You don't need Hebrew. You don't even need the help of Mr. Webster. Amen. But you know what they are, okay? But what I want to show to you is in the Word of God a truth that I saw several years ago. And again, I've just started sharing this just a few months ago in its entirety because I do what the Bible says to do. God says, prove me in all things. And I've been proving this, and I believe this with all my heart. I have proven it several times and done the opposite of this truth just to make sure, to see if it's correct. And it's proven out every time, but it has helped me immensely in, in being able to close the door on that strife and jealousy that comes to me, you know, and will try to come into my Christian walk, into my servanthood uh, for the Lord, you know, and say, I can't go here and serve, or I can't get in this department and serve with this person or with that person. And with this truth, I'm able to shut that door and say, listen, you're not going to control me. You're not going to tell me who I can serve with and who I can't serve with, where I can serve and where I can't serve. And you're going to stay outside of my room where I am serving God. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now I tell people that this truth lies out into some deep water. I'm going to take you into the deep. How many of you want to go to the deep tonight? You want to go out into the deep? Now, we're going to start in some shallow water, okay? I'm going to read through some scriptures, some scriptures that you've heard maybe a lot of ministers minister on. Tell you the truth, I have ministered on these scriptures that we're going to go through first here at Cornerstone here in Springfield, Missouri. And, uh, but I stopped at a certain place, and this is where a lot of ministers stop. The reason why is because you're right on the edge of stepping out into some deep water. But I guarantee you this, just hang on tonight. Hang on. Don't let go. We're going to go out into the deep. Swim around a little bit, and then if you'll hang on, don't let go, I'll bring you back to the shallow water. Okay? But we're going to go to the deep. Look at your neighbor and say, we're going to the deep. Amen. We're going to the deep. 1 Corinthians. Chapter 12, verse 12. 
Let's step off into the water right here. Paul, again, is writing to the Corinth church, trying to show to them how valuable and how important they are to each other and how much we need each other. He does this here in, in chapter 12, starting with verse 12. He says, For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether it be Jews or Gentiles, whether it be bond and free, and have been all made to drink into one Spirit. And then the next verse, he says, For the body is not one member, but many. Now, what Paul is uh, beginning to do here is he's going to bring out an illustration of the body of Christ, and he's going to relate the body of Christ to a human body. He's picked something that every, every one of us have one of. Is there anyone here who does not have a body? We all have a body, okay. And so his next statement is about the human body. He says, for the body is not one member, but many. Is there anyone here that would disagree with that? Anyone watching the video, would you disagree with that? We say, well, no, Brother Bell, anyone knows that. Anyone knows that the body is not one member, but many. Okay, well, let's go on. He says, and if the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body, he says? How many times we heard that in church? Well, you mean since I don't do what brother so-and-so does, I'm really not part of this church? You mean since I don't do what sister so-and-so does, I'm really not part of this church? How many times the devil come to you and said that to you? Well, you don't do what sister so-and-so does. You don't do what brother so-and-so does. You're really not part of that church. His illustration of this statement, uh, Paul says, you know, just because the foot, everybody shake your foot. Just because the foot doesn't do what the hand does, everybody shake your hand. Does not mean that it's not part of the body. He's talking about the foot. Everybody shake your foot again. Did you notice your foot didn't leave when you started shaking your hand? He wanted to think, come on people, think. Just because your brother and sister might not do what you do does not mean that they're not part of the body. And just because you might not do what they do does not mean that you're not part of the body. He wanted to think, come on people, think. He goes on, he says it again, he says, and if the ear shall say, because I am not the eye, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body, he says? How many times have you heard that or even thought that? Well, since I don't do what brother so-and-so does, you mean I'm really not part of the body? Since, since I don't do what sister so-and-so does, you mean I'm really not part of the body? He says, just because the ear, everybody grab your ear, your own place. Just because the ear doesn't do what the eye does, everybody point at your eye, does not mean that it's not part of your body. Everybody grab your ear again. Is it still there? Amen. But we don't see if our ears, do we? We don't hear if our eyes, do we? But I thank God I got both of them. Amen. Every now and then, they do work together. Amen. He wanted to think. Come on, people, think. Every member, every part is valuable and important in the body. Amen. And we need every part and every member. He goes on in verse 17, he says, And if the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? Look at your neighbor, look him in the eye. Look him in the eye. Now try to picture one big eyeball sitting there beside you. <laughs> oh, how silly that would be to walk into church and to see nothing but eyeballs sitting on the chairs. But, you know, we have a lot of that going on in the church where we try to make everybody one member or we think everybody ought to do the same thing. You know, we, a lot of times we think that everybody ought to knock on doors. Everybody ought to knock on doors. You know, if you love Jesus, you're going to knock on doors. Everybody knocks on doors. You know, don't you love Jesus? I, oh, we're all going to be eyeballs. We're all going to be eyeballs. What, what are we going to hear with? 
And please understand, I'm not against knocking on doors. Uh, you know, uh, there are people who just love to knock on doors. You know, when they go out there, you know, they come up to a door, you know, and they just... You know, and the door flies open. Hi, isn't this a wonderful day? Could I come in and share something wonderful with you? You know, and they just love it. But then there are people who are out there, you know, Nobody home. <laughs> they turn to leave. The door opens up. Oh, hi. <laughs> Didn't think anybody was home. <laughs> what? Well, we're, we're just walking up and down the street, knocking on doors. <laughs> Who? Well, we're with, uh, we're with a uh, church. <laughs> Where? Well, we meet, uh, we meet, uh, where do we meet? <laughs> we meet, I think, on that side of town over there. You know, and this person comes back in, you know, uh, to church, you know, and they sit down, you know, and the very first thing that comes out of their mouth is, you know, I really felt out of place out there knocking on doors. We go, oh, brother, that is a negative confession. <laughs> Don't let that come out of your mouth again. Get back out there and start knocking on doors. Don't you love Jesus? Get back out there and start knocking on doors. Don't you love Jesus? Get out there and start knocking on doors. And after a while, he's going to go up on you. Amen. Because God didn't design him to do that. He wasn't created to do that. Amen. Let's go on. He says here, and he says, And if the whole we're hearing, where were the smelling? Look at your neighbor's ear. Husbands, pull up your wife's hair. You've been concerned lately that she doesn't have an ear no more because she doesn't hear you no more. This is your chance to check her out. Amen. If we were all ears, oh, how silly that would be to come to church and see nothing but ears sitting on the chairs. If we were all ears, what would we smell with? Well, we'd have to take smelling by faith. At least we'd be in faith. Amen? He wanted to think, come on, people, think. Just because your brother and sister might not do what you do does not mean that you're not part of the body or they're not part of the body, okay? And just because uh, you might not do what they do does not, does not mean that you're not part of the body. He wanted to think, come on, people, think. Now he goes on and he says in verse 18, he says, But now hath God set the members, every one of them in the body, as it has pleased the members. No? Your Bibles don't say that? What's your Bible say? Him. Oh, yeah, that's what my Bible says. Oh, okay. It says, but now hath God set the members, every one of them in the body, as it has pleased him. Now, who's him? Is him you? Is him me? Him is God. Him is not you. Him is not me. Him is God. It says, but now hath God set the members, every one of them in the body, as it has pleased him. But I'm amazed how many people try to tell other people what they ought to be doing in the church. Amen. Some people get their kicks out of running other people's lives in the church. Somebody say, you're preaching now, Brother Bell. <laughs> well, it's true. It's true. And some people even go as far as using, thus saith the Lord. You know, the Bible says he is the potter and we are the clay, but I don't know how many times I've watched clay trying to shape clay. It don't work. People tell me, well, brother, I'm the only one they listen to. 
And I tell him, you know, if God has to, he could raise his voice. You know, they're having hard hearing, you know. Uh, he, he could, you know, raise his voice and get their attention. God knows how to get our attention. Amen? Amen. I run across a brother one time said, so brother, I have a ministry of setting the members into the body. I said, oh, you don't want to do nothing for God. You just like running other people's lives. <laughs> Hit a nerve, didn't I? <laughs> but it's true. It's true. One time a person came up to me after I was ministering this in a church, and, and, and I'm a type of person. I like to go out to my book table when, when the service is over. I like to meet people. I don't go run off and hide nowhere. You can touch me. I won't melt. You know, you smell like sheep. I smell like sheep. We all smell like sheep. Amen? <laughs> I like being around the sheep. Amen? And so I was out at my book table, and, and uh, a person came up to me uh, there at my table, walked up to me and said, Brother, I didn't particularly care for your little teaching tonight. And I said, well, what's the problem? Because I thought everybody loves me, you know. I said, what's the problem? Well, see those two people sitting together over there in the church by themselves? And I looked in there and I said, yeah. Well, I have been working with them for months. And after your little teaching, I'm going to have to start all over with them again. And I said, well... I'm sorry I messed with your guinea pigs tonight. The old time preacher said you need to let go and let God. You need to let go and let God shape and mold your friend. Amen. And you get to where God, you know, is wanting you and you do what God wants you to do. Amen. Let go and let God. Now, some of you, I'm starting to lose a few of you. Some of you taking water and we're still only ankle deep. <laughs> We're spitting water now. <laughs> we haven't even stepped off into the deep stuff yet. <laughs> Let's go on. I wish I could dwell there for a little while, but I think we'd lose a few. Amen. Let's go on. He says, and if they were all one member, where were the body? What's the one member everybody wants to be in the church? The head. Everybody wants to be the head. Everybody wants to run the church. Everybody wants to be the head. So a lot of churches, all we got is one big fat head and nobody. <laughs> it's true, isn't it, Brother Larry? It's true. Amen. Everybody wants to run the church. Let me, let me ask you something. Is it not true? Did not Jesus say that if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me? Did not Jesus say that? Well, I'd like for you all to try something right now, even you that are, that are watching on the video. I want you to try something right now. I want you to take your head, your head, this head that's on top of your shoulders right now, and I want you to bend over, and I want you to lift up Jesus, the Bible, that's sitting on your lap right now, because that represents Jesus, the Word, amen? And I want you to take your head and lift up Jesus as high as you can with your head. <laughs> no, with your head. You know, you're looking to me, looking at me and reacting, reacting to me the same way I believe God looks and reacts to a lot of churches that expect their pastors to do it all. I believe that's the same way God reacts to a lot of churches that, that think their pastors ought to do it all. Amen. He wanted to think, come on people, think. We need every member, every part of the body. He goes on and he says, but now are they many members yet but one body. How many members of my body does it take to lift up Jesus as high as I can? 
It takes all the members of my body to lift up Jesus as high as I can. He wanted to think, come on, people, think. We need every member, every part of the body. He goes on and he says, And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. And that should be the heart of the church, I believe, right there. That we should realize that we need every member. Even though we might not know every member, I don't know every member, every part of the body. There are some parts that come into church I look at and think, <laughs> where did that come from? <laughs> but if that person is born again, the one thing I do know is that they are part of the body and I need every member and every part. Amen. And I cannot sit here and look at Brother Larry tonight and say, you know, Brother Larry, uh, we don't need you around here. I cannot do that according to the Word of God. And he can't sit there tonight and look at me and say, well, Brother Bell, you know, especially since we've heard you preach, we definitely don't need you around here. Amen. He cannot do that according to the Word of God. We need every member, every part of the body. And just because your brother and sister might not do what you do does not mean that they're not part of the body. And just because you might not do what they do does not mean that you're not part of the body. He wanted to think. Come on, people. Think. Now, this is where a lot of ministers stop when they're reading through this chapter of ministering. I have a message. This is where I stop, right here. And the reason why is because the next few verses, I call them, the deep. It's deep water. And so are you ready? Are you ready to step into the deep? Amen. Are you ready to step into the deep? We lost, almost lost a few, you know, a little while back, but I, I think we still, we got a hold of you. But now we're going to go off into the deep. I'm going to take you into some verses that maybe you've never been into before. But I want to show to you, and I believe in these verses you can see and learn as I saw and learned, on how to close the door on strife and jealousy. Verse 22. Here we go. Look at your neighbor and say, here we go. Nay, much more, those members of the body which seem to be more feeble or weak, what's your Bible say? Are necessary. Are necessary. Much more, those members of the body which seem to be more feeble or weak are necessary. Everybody say that. Are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor, and our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness, or another word for comeliness there is glory. But you know, church, it amazes me how many people look down upon the glory of God. It amazes me how many people look down on nursery workers. And I think, who do you think you are? How can you look down upon the glory of God? It amazes me how many people feel so sad for ushers and, and people that come in and clean the church and people that, that go knock on doors or take food and clothing over to the weak and the needy. I'm amazed how many people think that they're higher than God that they can look down upon the glory of God. I don't think we're supposed to look down on glory. Amen? Amen? Well, let's go on. He says, For our comely parts have no need, but God has tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacked. Verse 25, That there should be no schism or division in the body, 
but that the members should have the same care one for another. I went to a church and uh, before the service started, I was informed that this church was twice as large uh, than it was uh, now. And, uh, but the reason uh, that they you know, were half the size now is because God came to the church and divided the church. This is what I was told. I was told that, Brother Bell, we used to be twice as big, but uh, God came and God divided us right down the middle. I, I, this, I, I said this, Brother, I said, excuse me, I said, what did you say? And he told me again, said, Brother Bell, we used to be twice as big, but God came and he, and he divided our church right down the middle. I said, excuse me, Brother. I said, my God did not do that. Oh, yes, Brother Bell, yes, Brother Bell, we used to be twice as big, and, uh, but God came and God saw fit, fit to divide us right down the middle. I said, brother, I said, excuse me. I said, but my God does not believe in schisms in the body. He does not believe in division in the body. And this brother said, oh, yes, Brother Bell. Yes, Brother Bell. We were twice as big and God saw fit to come in and divide us right down the middle. I, I said, brother, I said, the reason you had schism in your church or you had a division in your church is because you didn't have the same care for one another. He said, but, 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 I said, brother, it's but, but, but Bible. It's Bible. You didn't have the same care for one another. And that's why you had schism in the body. Amen. Now, some of you are really paddling hard right now. <laughs> Relax, just hold on, hold on, <laughs> and we'll get you back. Amen. He said that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. And it's so true. It's so true. You know, I've, I've sat on platforms and I've watched uh, uh, congregations get up and the pastor or the worship leader or the associate pastor says, I want you to turn around. I want you to welcome someone. I want you to shake someone's hand. And I've watched whole sections literally bypass people. Turn, they all, it seems like everybody turns at the same time and this, you know, it's just two or three people don't even get greeted. Don't even get their hands shook. Amen. I've watched that. And I've watched how people look down on other people in the church. And then they wonder why these people don't come back. They say, well, they've got a problem. Yeah, and we know right where it's at. You're not doing Bible. The Bible says we're supposed to have the same care one for another. We need every member, every part of the body. He goes on in verse 26, and this is the meat of this truth that I want to share with you. In verse 26, it says, And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. Church, do you know tonight that if one member in your church, if one member in your church suffers, you all will suffer with them? You say, well, sure, Brother Bell. When, when our pastor suffers, we suffer right along with him. Do you know there's other members in the church than just your pastor? Amen. Well, sure, Brother Bell, when the associate pastor suffers, uh, we suffer right along with him. Do you know there's other members in your church than just your pastor and your associate pastor? Well, sure, Brother Bell, when the worship leader, when he suffers, you know, we suffer right along with him. Do you know there's other members in, the, in your church than just the pastor and the associate pastor and, and the worship leader? The Bible says that if one member suffers, you all, y'all, going to suffer with them. 
Let me illustrate this to you, and let me uh, use some members of the body that you might think are weak or feeble, and let me show to you even how when they begin to suffer, you will suffer along with them, okay? Let me, let me use this uh, illustration. Uh, the first member of the body I want to look at is the smile. Every church has a smiler, amen? Let's say that, that Brother Jeff here is our smiler. Now, how do we treat this member of the body? Well, this is how we normally treat this member of the body. We came up to, hey, Brother Jeff, let's see you smile. Come on, Brother Jeff. I'll tell you what, when you grin, you grin from ear to ear. I'll tell you what, Brother Jeff, I bet it takes you an hour to brush your teeth. <laughs> I can really see the love of Jesus in your smile. I'll tell you what, Brother Jeff, I mean, I, Brother Jeff, I, I, I come in here and I see your smile. I see Jesus. But, you know, Brother Jeff, if you could preach as good as you smile, you could really do something for God. Now, Brother Jeff didn't have this smile before he got saved. And ever since he got saved, he's got this smile. Now, I wonder where he got it. Remember verse 18? It says, But now hath God set the members, Amen. every one of them in the body as it has pleased him. Him is not you. Him is not me. Him is God. Brother Jeff, he loves the Lord. He wants to serve God. But now some confusion has come to him. People come to him and out of one side of the mouth, they say he's a blessing. Out of the other side of the mouth, they say he's really not a blessing because he's really not serving God. He goes home, he says, well... I wish I could do all that stuff them people do up there, but I, I really, you know, I like to smile at people. They come to me, they tell me it's a blessing. You know, they even say they see Jesus, but then they turn around and say, I'm really not serving God. I really want to serve God. I wish I could do all that stuff them people do up there, but I just like to smile at people. He's hurt. He's confused. He wants to serve the Lord. He loves the Lord with all of his heart. Comes to church on Sunday morning. He, he's hurt. He's suffering. In walks Sister Sue. Sister Sue needs a smile before the service starts. She's been on a job all week, you know, and everybody... She needs a smile before the service starts. Brother Jeff sees her. Something on the inside says, go smile at Sister Sue. He starts for her, but no. Everybody laughs at me because I smile all the time. I wish I could do that stuff that people do up there, but I just like smiling. They say it's a blessing, but then they, I guess I'm really not serving God. Maybe, maybe I'll smile at the next person that comes in. But he doesn't. A bunch of Sister Sue's come to church that morning that need a smile before the service starts. But they don't get it. The worship leader comes out and the worship just doesn't get off the floor. The preacher comes out and the message is kind of, uh, uh, right at the first row. After the service, you know, the people come to the worship leader and say, you know... <laughs> Just didn't get off the floor today. <laughs> Need to work on some new songs. 
pastor just didn't reach me with the word today. He needs to get into the word. And we think the reason this is happening is because of the exposed members of the body. But the reason this has happened is because we have one member that is over here and he's hurt and he's suffering. See, there was a bunch of Sister Sue's that needed a smile before the service. But they didn't get it. And so we got part of the body that's ready to enter in and we have another part that's not ready to enter in because they didn't get their smile. The Bible says a double-minded person is unstable in all their ways, receives nothing from the Lord. So the worship just doesn't get off the floor. The preaching just doesn't get out to the people. And the reason this happening is because the Bible says if one member suffers, y'all going to suffer with them. That's what the Bible says. This is not what Buddy Bell says. It's what the Bible says. If one member suffers, y'all going to suffer with them. Let me pick another part of the body. Uh, the, uh, the hugger. Every church has a hugger, right? What's your name, brother? Will. Brother Will. Let's say Brother Will's our hugger. Now, how do we treat the hugger in the church a lot of times? Hey, Brother Will, you don't have to hug me. You already hugged me once. <laughs> I'll tell you what, Brother Bill, if I had a demon, you'd squeeze it right out of me. <laughs> Man, I can really feel the power of God when you hug me, Will. i tell you what. But, you know what, Will? If you could preach as good as you hug, you could really do something for God. Brother Will didn't like to hug people before he got saved. He didn't even like being around people. But ever since he got saved, for some strange reason, he likes to hug people. Now, I wonder why. Remember verse 18? It says, But now hath God set the members, every one of them in the body, as it has pleased him. Not you, not me, but him. But now he's confused. He's hurt. He thought he was being used of God. People come up to him, you know, and out of one side of the mouth, they, they, they say he's a blessing. They really feel the power of God. But then out of the other side of the mouth, they say he's really not serving God. He's confused. He's hurt. Well, I wish I could do all that stuff that people do up there. I'd, I'd really like to do it, but I just like hugging people. And I've had people tell me it was a blessing, but then I, I guess I'm really not a blessing. I'm really not serving God. I wish I could do all that stuff that people do up there, but it's like to hug people. He's hurt. Comes to church on Sunday morning. Comes in, he's suffering, he's hurt. In walks Brother Larry. Brother Larry needs a hug before the service starts. Brother Larry, uh, 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 you know, comes from a family like me. You know, I, I've never been hugged. I, well, I'll take that back. Last year, I, my father hugged me for the first time after 36 years. On Christmas, he hugged me. First time. I bought him a fishing pole. <laughs> if I knew that, that all, that's all it took <laughs> was to buy my dad this $300 fly rod, Amen. To get a hug out of him, I bought it a long time ago. Amen. But it's something to be hugged by your father. Amen. Especially to be hugged by someone who, who hugs you, at, you know, as the father. Amen. From the father. Amen. Now, y'all know what I'm talking about. I, I'm, you know, everybody smiles. But I'm talking about smilers. You know, we all smile because we're Christians. <laughs> you know, 
And we all hug, you know, because we're Christians, you know, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. What a wonderful day. But I'm talking about huggers. That when they throw your, their arms around you, it's like the Father himself. And Brother Larry needs that hug before the service starts. Something on the inside of Brother Will says, go hug Brother Larry. He starts for him, but he stops. No. Everybody laughs at me. They even got their kids making jokes about me now. It's kind of like I'm the joke. I wish I could do all that stuff that people do up there, but I just like to hug people. People say that they're blessed, but then they say it's, I'm really not serving God. Bunch of Larrys come to church and need a hug before the service. They don't get it. Worship leader comes out, just doesn't get off the floor. Preacher, preacher comes out, just doesn't make it to the first row. We think the reason this is happening is because of the exposed members of the body. But that's not why it's happening. The reason it's happening is because we have one member that is suffering and was not able and allowed to function as God has designed them to function. So what happens is we've got part of the congregation uh, that is ready to enter in and the other part is not ready to enter in because they didn't get their hug. And the Bible says a double-minded person is unstable in all their ways, receives nothing from the Lord. The Bible says, people, the Bible says if one member suffers, y'all going to suffer with them. Let's go on. Let, let's pick another one. Brother, brother, what's your name? Right there. Paul. Paul. Finally found Paul. Amen. <laughs> brother Paul, ever since he got saved, he's got this bounce in his walk. He just, he just bounces when he walks. You know, people come in, you know, hey, Brother Paul, let's see you walk. I'll tell you walk. Uh, when you walk, you know, it's like watching somebody walk from mountaintop to mountaintop. You never go down into the valleys. You're just walking from mountaintop to mountaintop. I'll tell you what, it's something to watch you watch, walk. But, Paul, Brother Paul, you know, if you could preach as good as you walk, you could really do something for God. He didn't have the walk before he got saved. He got saved. Now he's got this walk. I wonder where he got it. The Bible says, but now hath God set the members. Every one of them in the body as it has pleased him. Him's not you. Him's not me. But him is God. But now he's confused. People come, they tell him he's a blessing, but then they turn around and say he's really not a blessing. He's really not serving God. Well, I wish I could do all that stuff that people do up there. But people say I, I bless them just by the way I walk. He's hurt. He's confused. He's suffering on the inside. He comes to church on Sunday morning and he purposes not to walk that way. Well, it seems to offend some because he's not where they think he ought to be. So he doesn't want to offend anybody. So he comes in. He's walking like this, making sure he doesn't have that bounce in his walk. And do you know that there are people that come to church and the very first thing they want to do is search out Brother Paul and watch him walk? Amen. Amen. 
You know why? Because they've been walking in the valley all week and they want to know, is there still someone who walks on the mountaintops? Is it still possible to walk on the mountaintops? But they come in and they see Brother Paul and he's purposing not to walk that away. And look at him. Well, what's wrong with Brother Paul? Huh. Must have got down in the valley. That's where I've been all week. Well, it's about time for the service to start. Man, he's always on the mountaintops. I didn't see him down in the valley. It was crowded down there, though. Yeah, well, he's always on the mountaintop. What? What was that? What pastor say? I didn't hear that. Oh. Paul's always on the mountaintops. I tell you, it's no fun down in the valley. What was that? Well, I didn't see that. What did he do? The Bible says a double-minded person receives nothing from the Lord. Unstable in all their ways. Listen to me, church. The Bible says if one member suffers, y'all going to suffer with them. Y'all going to suffer with them. If one member suffers, we all going to suffer with them. And then, then let me pick one more. Where, where is she at? What's your name? Jennifer. Jennifer's got this sparkle in her eye. You know, when I, when I look into your eyes, Jennifer, I see this sparkle. It just reminds me of the Shekinah glory. I tell you what, Jennifer, your eyes sparkle. I mean, I see the glory of God, the supernatural. But, you know, Jennifer, if you could preach, as good as your eyes sparkle, you could do something for God. And she sits there. <laughs> and she starts blinking. She didn't have that sparkle before she got saved. But ever since she got saved, she got this sparkle in her eye. But now she's confused. People say out of one side of the mouth she's a blessing, out of the other side of the mouth they say she's not a blessing. I wish I could do all that stuff that people do up there, but I just like encouraging people. Come to church. Do you know there are people that come to church and the very first thing they want to do is search out Sister Jennifer? Yeah, they want to see if the Shekinah glory is still in the midst of the church. They want to see if the glory of God is still here because they haven't seen the glory nowhere during the week. And they search her out, and they try to find her, but Jennifer won't look anybody in the eye because it seems that it fends people because she's really not doing what they think she ought to be doing in the church. And so they come in, and they sit down, and they're not ready to enter in yet. Worship doesn't get off the floor. Preaching just doesn't reach the people, and we wonder why. I'll tell you why. Because Jennifer's suffering. She's hurt. And the Bible says if one member suffers, we all are going to suffer with them. Now, let me ask you this. Uh, Brother Jeff, Brother Will, Brother Paul, Sister Jennifer, what do they attribute to the body? What do their parts attribute to the body? Attitude, happiness, joy, what? Enthusiasm, victory, faith, encouragement, love. Oh, what a list for such feeble parts of the body. For such weak parts of the body. But I'm looking for another word. I think I heard it right here. Hope. Hope. Church, do you know that you cannot receive faith if you don't have hope? 
There are a lot of people that go into a lot of churches and pastors wonder why they're not receiving the message. It's because the people don't have no hope. Is Jesus alive? Brother Jeff lets us know that Jesus is alive, that he's here with his smile. Is God still on the throne? Is he still all powerful? Brother Will lets us know that he's still on the throne, that he's still all powerful. Is it still possible to walk from mountaintop to mountaintop that you don't have to spend your life into the, in, the, in the valleys? Brother Paul lets us know that you can walk from mountaintop to mountaintop, that you don't have to go down into the valleys. Sister Jennifer lets us know that the Shekinah glory is still in our midst. Is the glory of God still here? She lets us know that. They give us hope. And you got to have hope before you can receive faith. Where would I put these parts of the body? I'd put them at the door. That's where I'd put them. When people walk in and, and someone like Brother Jeff with that smile, let them know you're in the right place. You're here with Jesus. Amen. Brother Will, grab them. They got a demon. They'll leave it right there. Amen. He'll squeeze it right out of them at the door. Amen. Brother Paul will take them and he'll escort them wherever they need to go and show them how to walk from mountaintop to mountaintop, that you don't have to walk in the valleys no more. Come on up above the cloud line. Amen. Where the sun is always shining. Amen. Let's go from mountaintop to mountaintop. And Sister Jennifer lets us know that the Shekinah glory, look out, no telling what's going to happen today. The glory of God is in our midst. And they give us hope. And then people sit down and the preacher comes out and they're sitting there with hope. Yes, uh, yes, Jesus is alive. God's on the throne. We can walk from mountaintop to mountaintop. The Shekinah glory is here. Feed us, pastor. Give us the word. And they draw it in. They give us hope. Amen. If one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Well, let's go on. The Bible says if one member be honored, all the members are honored with it. Amen? Amen? Now, I want to apologize. I normally don't try to catch people in error. Okay? But I want to prove a point because this is really important right here. Your Bibles do not say that. Your Bibles do not say that. Now, don't feel bad. Okay? Everywhere I go, and when I quote it that way, people say, Amen. Now, the reason you do that is because, see, your head tells you that. Because we just got done reading, if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. And so if one member be honored, all the members are honored with it. That's what your head tells you. But the Bible does not tell us that. I watched a preacher on TV quote it just the way I got done quoting it to you and then preached on that. I stood there. Kathy was there with me. I said, Kathy, that guy just misquoted the Bible and he's preaching on it. I said, this is one of the main reasons uh, why strife and jealousy gets into the local church and among the servants of God. Because that is not what the Bible says. The Bible says if one member be honored, all the members are to rejoice with it. Not honor for honor. Let me, let me show to you what honor for honor is. 
And we have a lot of this going on in the church, and I believe you'll agree with me on this. But honor for honor is this. Let's say uh, Brother Larry comes running in. He comes up to me and says, hey, buddy, buddy, man, you should have been outside with me, buddy. I mean, I was out there, and this guy come walking up to me. And I mean, was he a mess? Oh, buddy, was he a mess? I mean, oh, he was bad. And I just said five words to him, buddy, about Jesus, and he fell on his knees, and he got saved. And I said, well, Brother Larry, that's something, man, but you should have been with me. I was down here on the corner, and three guys walked up to me. I mean, you're guys sounds bad but listen these guys they were bad I mean bad and I just said three words about Jesus they fell on their knees got saved brother Larry you're not gonna believe this and filled with the Holy Ghost <laughs> honor for honor but what did that do to us brother Larry divided us didn't it put you over here and put me over here Go ahead, nod your heads if you can't say amen. amen. If they fall off, we'll put them back on. <laughs> I've seen this so much within the body of Christ. We've all been guilty. We've all been guilty. I've been around people, you know, and they start sharing something with me. You know, my heart starts beating real fast, you know, and your breath gets real... <laughs> I'll let you finish, but you got to hear this. It goes right along what you're talking about, and it's always something bigger. And the majority of the time, he never comes back and finishes what he started. I was reading my Bible one day. I was concerned about several things that were going on in my life. What they were was I was losing my friends in church. I couldn't figure out why. People weren't, weren't sitting with me like they used to. People weren't inviting me out after church to go have fellowship in a Big Mac. People wouldn't share with me about the Lord anymore. Oh, we could talk about oil and, and, and land and, and the weather and all that, but I, they wouldn't share about the Lord with me very much anymore. I even saw a couple people come into the church and, and even see me. I saw them out of the corner of the eye, and I saw that they saw where I was at, and they turned and went and sat someplace else in the church. I thought, what's going on? I was reading my Bible one day. I was reading these verses. I've never heard a preacher preach on this. Never heard it. I was reading along, and I was reading along, and, I, and it says there, if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. And if one member be honored, I said, then all the members are honored with it. I just said that. Holy Ghost says, that's not what the Bible says. That's why you don't have no friends. That's why people don't like sitting with you. That's why you don't get invited out after church no more for fellowship and a big map. Because you're not doing what the Bible says to do. Read it again. So I looked at it again and I read it. I said, if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. And if one member be honored, my eyes popped open. And all the members are to rejoice with it. But I thought... If one member be honored, all the members are honored with it. And I saw it. 
And then the Holy Ghost just kind of flashed back different scenes when people were talking with me and how I'd cut a lot of them off and I always had something bigger. But the Bible says that we are to rejoice with them. And I'm a type of person that when I see a truth in the Word of God, you know, I say, okay, the only way we find out if it's true or not, you got to do it. You got to do it. So I thought, well, then I'm going to do that. I'm going to rejoice. When someone shares something with me, I'm going to rejoice. But you know what, church? It was not easy at first. It was not easy. I had that first, I had to shut my mouth. Just like that, I had to shut my mouth. Let them finish. And then I would rejoice with them. That's exactly what I had to do at first. Oh, it was hard to do. It was hard to do. They'd come up and start sharing something, you know, and, and you know, and, and, I, and, and my heart started beating real fast, you know, and, but I shut my mouth, <laughs> let them finish, and then I would readjust with them. <laughs> oh, oh, I was amazed. I was amazed to see what happened afterwards. The reactions on their faces was worth it all. He let me finish. <laughs> but you know what else happened? Got my friends back. Got my friends back in church. People started sitting with me again. People started inviting me out for fellowship and a Big Mac. <laughs> People started coming up to me now and sharing things with me about the Lord. Come on, y'all. Y'all know what I'm talking about. This is so true. We see this happening so much today in the church. Listen to me. There's nowhere in our Bibles where it says you've got to have one better. There's nowhere in our Bibles where it says that, uh, that, that we've got to outdo each other. There's nowhere in the Bible says we got to shoot each other out of the saddle. But our Bible says tonight that if one member be honored, all the members are to rejoice with it. For almost eight years, I've been proving this. One way or the other, I'd prove it. Sometimes, you know, I'd prove it this way. I'd go to a church, you know, and, and the head usher would pick me up. Well, he's all excited, you know, going to get Buddy Bell, you know. He teaches on hell trains ushers, you know, he's all excited and you know, and he picks me up the airport and, and we're going to the hotel and you know, he's just sharing things well, Brother Bell, you know, this happens and that happens you know, and he'll share something with me and I'll reach over in my list. Now I've got a bunch of testimonies. I travel all over the world. So I reach over in my list and I find out about where he's at in my list. And I'll go two above that and pull it out and share it with him. And you know what? Conversation's over. Quietest trip that I have to the hotel because I blew him away. But then there's other times I've been, you know, go, gone to a church, head usher picks me up, he's all excited, got Buddy Bell, you know, and he trains ushers and teaches, you know, on helps, and he's all excited and he's sharing something with me, you know, and I'll reach over my list, I'll find out about where he's at, my list there, and I'll go two down. Pull that one out share it with him. 
You know what? We have the greatest fellowship on the way to the hotel. I had a, I had a head usher tell me one time, he says, Brother Bell, I told my pastor that whenever you come into town, I want to pick you up. I like picking you up. He says, I don't even care if he comes in for another church in town. They need somebody to pick him up, I'll pick him up. He says, Brother Bell, you're not like some of these other people I pick up. He says, I can talk with you. I can talk with you about the things of the Lord, and you don't blow me out of the saddle. Listen to me, church. I'm preaching truth. I'm preaching truth, and this is the main place where strife and jealousy gets in among the servants of God. And why, why we can't come and work together and serve together is because we're always running into that. Listen, I've watched people, Brother Larry, I've watched people literally brace themselves after they've shared something with me. Literally brace themselves getting ready to get shot out of the saddle. I've watched it. I've seen it. Literally brace themselves. And I just praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Isn't Jesus wonderful? And just to see them melt. And the joy of the Lord comes back on their face and they relax and the peace of God comes back in their life. And then they stand there and, yeah, it's great to be a servant of God, Brother Bell. It's worth it all. It's worth it all. The Bible says if one member be honored, all the members are to rejoice with it. Listen, I want to challenge you for the next seven days. You that are here, you that are watching the video, I want to challenge you for seven days. The next seven days, when someone comes up and shares something with you, I want you to shut your mouth. Everybody do that. Shut your mouth. <laughs> Let them finish. And then rejoice uh, with them. <laughs> I challenge you for the next seven days. And then watch what God will do in your church. Let me tell you what will happen. What will happen is what the Bible says. God will temper the body together. You know how God tempers the body together? He does it with the Word of God. When we do the Word of God, then God takes that. And we, when we do the Word of God to each other, then God takes that, and that's what tempers us together, brings us together to where nothing will pull us apart. And you know and I know that in this area right here, in this area right here, this is where division and has caused uh, uh, walls to be put between different departments, Hello. Well, you know what happened in our department? Oh, that's nice, but you know what goes on in our department? See, I'll never forget the day. I'll never forget the day I was in church. I was there. I heard this with my own ears. I saw this with my own eyes. I could not believe what was, going, what was being said. That morning, they had Sister Mary. I'll call her Sister Mary that morning from the nursery. They brought her up. They wanted her to testify that morning. She got up, she had a testimony about something that just happened in the nursery. What had happened, they had brought in a baby that had a fever. In this particular church, they did not take babies that had fevers. But they, in this particular church, they do believe in healing and the laying on of hands and, and they laid hands upon this baby and the fever left that baby just like that. People said, praise the Lord, hallelujah. Mary walked off the platform. I was there. I saw this with my own eyes. I heard this with my own ears. I couldn't believe it. She walked off the platform. 
started back to the, the foyer to go back to the nursery. I was there. I was standing back there in the foyer. Four or five people surrounded Mary and said, Mary, you know, that's really nice, but you need to come downtown with us. We go downtown where the drunks and the derelicts are at, the drug addicts. We go down there where the really down and outers. And we go down there and, and we cast out, you know, that, 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 that addiction and, and we set them free. You need to really come and really do something for God. They literally reached into her heart, into Mary's heart, and ripped out her testimony. And she bowed her head and continued on down the hall to the nursery where she was going to be serving God. Listen to me, church. Nowhere, nowhere in our Bibles does it say that we've got to outdo each other. Nowhere in our Bibles say that we've got to have one better. Nowhere in our Bibles it says we've got to shoot each other out of, the, out of the saddle. Our Bible says that we are to edify, that we are to exhort, that we are to build up the body of Christ. The Bible says if one member be honored, all the members are to rejoice with him. You think about it. That might be the reasons why people don't sit with you no more. Might be the reason why people don't invite you out to fellowship no more. We've been given honor for honor. Shut your mouth. Let them finish. And then rejoice uh, with them. <laughs> and people will start sitting with you again. They'll start inviting you over for fellowship and take you out and maybe get you a Big Mac. Well, I know you enjoyed that teaching probably stepped on your toes a time or two. But I tell you what, why don't you take a moment and visit our website at www.mohi.org. That's Ministry of Helps International. mohi.org. And we have a lot of resources there for the local church and for you as an individual to be the servant that God has called you to be. God bless you. Have a great day.